Hey, this is Gary. This is Mike. And Daniel. We're not professionals. We're just three addicts sharing our experiences, strength, and hope regarding recovery. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other addicts and to practice these principles in our lives. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Step Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Gary. And this is Daniel. Good to be back. Isn't it, though? It is good yes. to be back. I yes. can't help but notice I have a foam thing covering my mic, and you guys don't. <laughs> well, regardless of all of that, it's good to be back. All right. Tonight, we're going to talk about an interesting topic, one that we've been thinking an awful lot about. Uh, it's based out of, uh, uh, it's actually based on the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas. Everybody knows the story of the Grinch. And what's interesting about that is, is the author of our book that we're working through, Patrick Carnes, uh, pulls up this story and talks about the, the story of the Grinch and how he felt like that he in his own childhood had, uh, had suffering, and as a result of that suffering that it drove him to be so mean-spirited. And that, that list of grievances that he had from his childhood uh, is the thing that, uh, because he felt unloved, untrusted and he was hurt by those that, uh, that that should have loved him that he carried that attitude for so long that that's what drove him literally to the point of just just thinking about the revenge and vengeance for his whole entire life and I think that's an actually a fantastic story to drive into to, to, to dive into the topic that we're talking about tonight and that is our own grievances I'm amazed in my own recovery experience my own acting out experience I guess I should say of how much the grievances played a story, played a part in all of that acting out behavior. Did you find that in your case? Yeah. In fact, as I started going through some of my stuff, I was surprised at the things that I was holding on to and resenting. Like? Oh, well, I do, I, how specific do you want me to be? <laughs> I, I, well, I remember once there, were, there was a circumstance, there was a circumstance where um, I had a job and they had to let me go because they were moving they moved locations and they didn't know what they were going to need. Right. So they essentially let me go, but I had just purchased my house. And so I had to go get another job. Uh, my life circumstance means my life circumstances eventually came to the point where I went and I worked, I began to work for that company again and many, many, many years later. But as uh, I, I, I came to realize, Oh my gosh, I resent them. For that and I'm hanging on to that and it's affecting the interaction I was having at work you know yeah and hmm. that really quite surprised me because I didn't think it bothered me but actually it really did it did yeah, yeah. I was interesting uh, as I've sort of spent some time contemplating this on this circumstance as well resentments of my own childhood uh, I think my wife ended up being sort of one of those that made the list pretty heavily that that I had identified um, when I felt like I had need, when I felt like I needed, uh, you know, some sort of solace of some kind, and that always translated into the topic of sex. But, but when I didn't feel like I was getting that, 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 how much of the time I felt entitled to that particular thing because I was angry about my relationship with her. I remember multiple times being angry at a boss and thinking, you know what, I deserve this. I can think of multiple times where, angry at co-employees or or. or uh, um, work circumstances. I mean, we can make all kinds of examples of what mm -hmm. it is, but it's amazing how much that idea drives our acting out behavior. That really is kind of interesting to me. And I don't know that I would have ever identified that. Um, 
I don't think I would have ever identified that had I not gone through some recovery process, some counselor who worked with me to say, hey, this is really a big topic. This is something you need to pay attention to. This is something that's affecting you, and identified that. And I think our listeners, interestingly enough, I bet our listeners, if they were to spend just a minute to think about the things that they complain about, the work situation that they don't feel like is fair, uh, a family member or a family circumstance that they think they've been jilted on, uh, all of those particular things that are affecting them in a negative way that, add, that causes them to act out. And I think that's what this story really is all about, <clears throat> the story of the Grinch. No, I mean, it really is. I mean, for me, that was a lot of mine. I mean, uh, you know, things were getting cut out of my life, you know, uh, with my ex. You know, we weren't going out on dates. We weren't holding hands when going to walk. Right. We weren't talking. I would say I love you, nothing back. Uh, intimacy was taken off the table and all those things and it just it piled up over and over and yeah and the resentment built in and I did dumb things right. you know I reacted in a negative way by you know making a key and making forcing my way into the bedroom um, without her knowledge uh, yes I wasn't doing anything inappropriate but I was still breaking a boundary that had been set and going in there without her knowing that and you know and, and the other you know plethora of things that I did where, you know, whether it was me spouting off uh, in a passive aggressive way right. on a hike because she was on a phone call and I'm dealing with all the kids instead of just kind of waving and saying, you know, how much longer, you know, it was just, I, I piped off just saying, you know, are, are you here with us or, or not? Sure, sure. You know, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's just things like that that I could have handled a lot better, but, right. you know, because of the grievances it was, and I didn't handle it properly. You know, if you, if you really think about this comment, uh, the very first sentence of, of Patrick Carnes' first book, this is a disease of escape. Yes. And how appropriate then that fits into this idea of grievances, these things that we're trying to escape. If somebody were really to sit down and put a pen into paper and list the things that are really sort of setting them off, what are the things that we complain about? What are the things that we get angry about? What are the things that we would probably find that that list uh, really, really um, accentuates the acting out behavior and probably is the catalyst that really drives the acting out behavior. And yet, we really don't contemplate that. We really haven't thought about that. So I was, that, that's a big piece of, uh, of understanding my, my acting out behavior and therefore a big piece of my recovery is to really work through those particular things, understand the grievances, and feel find a way to deal with them in a mature way rather than an inappropriate way. You know, I, um, I've been thinking a little bit about the conversation as we've been having it, and uh, something that over the course of my recovery is, you know, I've, I've really come to believe that in order, in order to get meaning out of your life, you have to willingly accept the, the, the I don't know how to say this, maybe the burden of living or the hard things that right. life throws at you, sure. dealing with life on life, last term. right. All right. Now, life is, you know, you're here, mm -hmm. you know, and you really only have two ways to choose to deal with things. Either you can just be angry about it and resent it or, you know, because hard things are going to happen. Life is tragic, you, you, you know, or you can willingly face those things and then shoulder the responsibility that that comes with that. And I think that that's where you get the meaning from your life. And and the other alternative, 
you know, that we were talking about is this list of grievances where you, you start compiling this great book right. of grudges or, or however <laughs> exactly. you want to look at it. But, but I think, yeah, I think that that's where you, what you start to escape from. And I don't think you get, I don't think anybody gets away with anything. I right. think those things live inside you if you don't deal with it. Absolute truth. You know, and, and the other piece of that is, is I don't believe anybody escapes I don't think there's. Yes. I don't think there's a human walking the earth right now that doesn't have, hasn't had one experience where they've been they they caught the short end of the deal. Oh, right? for sure. But the difference between a healthy person and an addict is is how they dealt with it. Yeah. Right. And so I think you're on to something there. I think you you know the fact of how we deal with these particular things and how we harbor these particular things in our mental capacity that we stew over and ruminate on, then makes the difference of you know what I deserve. I deserve acting out as a result of this. Sure. In, in fact, it makes me begin to wonder what, I mean, because if you get resentful, you can get like vengeful. Absolute yeah. truth. You well, know, and, the absolute story of the, of the Grinch, absolutely. right? Yeah. Vengeance. Vengeance. And, and, you know, and just getting angry at life or, or the world for being, yes. you know, getting angry at being itself. You, you know what I mean? Then and then trying to to act out or escape right. that or or you know just you just propagate misery that way. Right. It was interesting in one of my sessions in one of the uh, the the uh, um, exams that I took that our counselor had us work through. One of the things that came out of that was is that I was an angry addict. Uh, so much of my acting out behavior is is exactly what you're talking about. I had these anger moments. I had these these moments of frustration. And then when I would act out, it was a matter of power and control and domination and that sort of thing, simply because uh, because I was so angry at, I don't know what else to say, but you know, it's embarrassing to talk about, but angry at my wife to some extent for not being in control of that particular aspect of my life. And so that that very thing that we're talking about ended up playing out in my acting out behavior. Really insightful to see, to really kind of look uh, look deep in the eye of my acting out behavior to understand what motivated that, and what drove it to be the kind of behavior that I actually be that I actually engaged in, because power, control, and anger and frustration were very much a part of my behavior. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, and and I think I think the way that you deal with life is, you know, you can either take life on life's terms, or you or you begin to build this list of grudges. In fact. As you were talking, I was reminded of um, the. Uh, now I know that I've shared the story of my car accident. Yes, but I remember when the car settled, and um, you know that that anger began to boil up in me. This was not fair. This was not my fault. <laughs> right. Everything is right. different. This sucks, and and getting that real clear feeling of. If you're going to survive this, you don't have the energy. You don't have the resources to feel that way. Right. You need to. You need to just accept that this is the new situation. You know, take life on life's terms and and focus your energy on dealing with this new situation. Yeah. And as I've reflected on that, I think, yeah, I think I would have been in a lot worse shape if I'd made it at all. If I'd spent that kind of. You know, I could have. It could have turned me into a very, very angry, bitter, bitter person. Absolutely. I remember yeah. one of my relapse opportunities. Mm-hmm. I remember calling you on the phone. I say relapse opportunity. It was a moment where I felt like that I was justified or thinking that I wanted uh-huh. to relapse. And I remember, I'm going to make a call to my sponsor before I actually act out. And I remember calling you on the phone, and I said, I just had this 
I just had this exchange with a member of my family. It could have been my wife, could have been one of my children. And uh, I'd said some things out of anger. Uh, I, was, I was obviously stirred up. I was very frustrated. I was, uh, and uh, it was wise of me to give you a call. But I remember the comment that you made to me that, that has always stuck to me was you made the comment to me, you said, go apologize. And of course, that was the furthest thing from my mind was to say, you know, I'm not wrong in this argument. I, I'm, I'm right. I know that I'm right in this argument. And your comment was, is that, 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 you know, right or wrong, we don't care about that sort of stuff. You apologize so that you can let the emotion get by because it's in the moment of emotion that we want to do something stupid. And so, you know, coming back to this list of grievances and how we respond to those particular list of grievances that work us up in some some emotional state that causes us to do stupid things. And the simple answer to that is is simply go apologize. Uh, not apologize, you know, and I remember thinking to myself, how am I going to apologize for, uh, for something that I believe was right, but at the same time apologize for the behavior that I acted out with, that, that I demonstrated? Mm-hmm. I didn't have a right to treat somebody the way yeah. I treated them. And, uh, and that was difficult for me. That was a very hard moment for me. But I've, uh, uh, I can think of a time or two where that has really saved my bacon because um, as I find myself working myself up, that, that simply apologizing to get out of it um, really helps to just, just soften the mood and I can relax. I mean, something for me that's really helped, um, <clears throat> and it's something that Gary has asked quite a bit, you know, especially with, over the process of the divorce and stuff there, are many times where I'm, I'm upset because you know, things my ex has said or things like that. And I, you know, the anger's boiling up. I can feel it. And then I have, I stop and say, okay, why? Right. Why am I feeling this way? What is causing this? And then generally it's, I'm hurt. I'm feeling sad. You know, yes. I'm feeling lonely. So feeling once I, attacked. Yeah, yeah. One, or I'm feeling attacked, you know, once I can get to those feelings underneath, you know, that, that boiling pot just kind of deflates and it's like, I can yeah. focus on those particular feelings mm-hmm. And look at them one at a time and say, okay, well, why am I feeling sad? And then I can write it out yeah. or, or just think it out. And then once I identify that, it's like, okay, we're good. Um, you know, because I know with my ex, you know, when we were together, she'd just walk into a room and have a look. And I'm like, oh, there it is. She's pissed off at me. I've done something <laughs> wrong. When really probably yeah. was nothing to do with that. It probably yeah. she had a bad day or her kids did something. But I always personalized it and took it on. And then, you know, that it would just continue to boil over. Yeah. You know, if I could do that now, it would be, okay, why is, why does she look upset? You know, let's find that out. You know, maybe it's not me, but I can ask and see if it is me. And if it's not me, then okay, what can I do to help? Or if it is me, what can I do to help? Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, but unfortunately I don't have, I didn't get those tools till now. <laughs> well, better now than never, right? Yes. Right. So, no, it's helpful. Yeah, so here's here's one of those little semantic wordplay things that I like to sure. play that makes me sound really wise <laughs> that, that kind of applies to this. And you guys may have heard me say this or not. You know, just because you're not wrong doesn't mean that you're right. Absolute truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. As particularly in the way that you choose to handle something. You, you can be, a, you know, a victim of tragedy or just life sucking. Yes. You know, and those things actually happen in real life. Yeah, yes. they absolutely do. And you're not wrong, but the way you choose to handle it, you know, you can find a way to be wrong. <laughs> you know, you <laughs> just can, how you you, you're it. not going to be right. You, you know what I mean? I do. So I think we need to be very, very careful about, you know, there's so much wisdom in the idea of 
apologizing and forgiving. And it does so much more for the person doing the Absolute forgiving than actually, truth. Yes. you know, whether the other person ever actually, they might not even know that they've ever wronged you. Yeah. And you have to be able to, to forgive them and let that go. Otherwise, you're going to, you know, write another name in the big book of grudges and see where that gets you. <laughs> and how many people have cut you off on the freeway? You're uh, never going to see them again. Just tonight. If you ever yeah. saw them at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And, you know, I mean, there's so many times, you know, and that, my kids will be in the car and this person cuts me off. And I'm like, all right, guess you need to get somewhere faster than me. Have a good day. And my kids are like, That's weird. And it's just like it's better to do that than be cussing, you know, and grumbling and Yeah. You know, and then my kids hear me do that and that's the last thing I want to hear. Again, the the piece I come back to on this over and over and over again, if this is a disease of escape, as he identifies, the very first sentence in his very first book of this mm-hmm. series that we work out of is this is a disease of escape. Identifying the things that we're trying to escape is uh, is critical to the success of yeah. our recovery. Absolute critical to the success of our recovery. This list of grievances, then this list of grudges, plays right into that so completely. When we are willing mm. to attack, or we're willing to really get after and evaluate the things that are affecting us in that particular way, uh, we 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 can move a long ways down the road of recovery by simply addressing those particular issues. I yeah. think you have to. I, I don't and, think you can find recovery yeah, without it. I think you have to, and I think that that is a, that's a mode of being that leads to a successful, meaningful life. Yes. <clears throat> you know, you have to ride out and meet those things. You have to willingly mm. take upon yourself the burden of whatever life deals to you. Yes. Whether, whether I don't know, maybe you are the victim of some real malice or evil. Yeah. You know, that happens too. And maybe it's just tragedy and having to take life on life's terms. Whatever it is, yes. you still, like, am I going to take life on life's terms and accept this and, you know, willingly face that challenge? Or am I going to, you know, roll up and be all me? Right. <laughs> well, for me, it wasn't until I really started working on my abuse both the physical, mental, emotional, and the sexual abuse, that finally things started moving Uh and my recovery started taking root. Which actually highlights a point that I want to make. Your abuse happened years and years and years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'd spent uh, some time after those years of abuse on your own in marriages and circumstances, things like that. You know, sometimes we have to peel back the layers of onion that occurred a long, long time ago that we have buried that are still affecting our, our acting out behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, it stems in some cases, it may stem with a relationship with a parent or a sibling or something like that, that you may have left years and years ago and moved on and still kind of hanging on to that grudge that is the root in some cases of your acting out behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. So it may be, you know, completely unrelated or appear to be unrelated in your life and yet still having that effect. Oh, yeah. And I think that's, uh, and I think each one of us in our own recovery experiences, we've worked that through with the counselor, have discovered sort of the, the waterfall effect mm-hmm. of, yeah. of some of those events. And Daniel's I, case is classic. No, right? I mean, the, the house of my life looked amazing and pristine and clean, but when you got underneath the floorboards, there was black mold was, and sewage and everything under there. It was messy. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think, I think that that's what leads to people failing long-term recovery. Yes. Is I think too often they enter it with an attitude of, from this point forward, Absolutely. You know, and that as act that is a part of it. You you must say, you know, from this point forward I'm going to be different. Yes. You know. But 
yeah, you got to look, you got to look backwards and do that fearless moral inventory and, and get through all of those layers and get under that floorboard. And that's really why a really good counselor is so necessary Absolutely. to long-term recovery. Absolutely. Because I think something else that happens very clearly in, in addiction, it, it seems to take mentally, it takes these two completely unrelated ideas uh, and seems to bring those together, right? I've got pain and suffering going on on here and I've got I've got some frustration with a family member or whatever, and suddenly, suddenly our acting out behavior becomes the answer to this this thing that we're dealing with at a very young age, yeah. and that becomes the way that we deal with that over long periods of time. I'm 57 years old this year, and and seems to be that's the way I dealt with that for a long period of time, and I learned that at a very young behavior. So peeling that all the way back to the first time I learned that to be able to say, now wait, that's not how, that's not a healthy way of dealing with that but also taking a look at the experience that happened so many years ago to be able to say, why, what, 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 what brought me to that place? What was that experience that I had at a very young age that brought me to that place? And then peeling that apart really helps a lot. Yeah. And it does, you're right, it takes a counselor to be able to, to take you back that far, to get that far back. Do you know so, what else I think you need to keep in mind? What's that? I think, now if you guys help me articulate this, is I'm just, I'm just going to, vomit this thought out as it's kind of working its way through my head um life is difficult yes okay and too often i've dealt with people or even myself and they get we get stuck in that quagmire of if i'm not happy because i'm going through something hard then i must be doing something wrong or i must be something wrong right mm-hmm. and the reality of it is is life is just hard yeah yeah y- y- you know what i mean you don't have to go very far you know to well look around you everybody is going through something has gone through something or is about to that's right and even if they're the most fortunate person in the world somebody near to them is You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. So so I think as you go through this experience that you have to accept the idea that no life is hard, and when it's hard, that's okay because that's how it is. Right. Now I'm going to face that willingly, and I'm going to accept that burden and responsibility. I'm taking life on life's terms. And I'm not trying to escape it. And I'm not trying to escape it. Well, I mean, this addiction is no different than the remote from the movie Click. You know, we've taught it that, oh, when certain things happen, fast forward. I mean, it's kind of like that. When certain things happen, we got to get through this and get to n- this comfortable norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done that so much. Right. Many of us have that it's just second nature. Uh-huh. Like the remote just We don't like forwards. the pain of the current yeah, we don't like the we pain. Don't. We don't like. When in reality, some of the best learning opportunities come in some yeah. of these moments. Absolutely, they yeah. do. So we're neglecting an opportunity. We're neglecting an opportunity to I learn would, something yeah, valid. I would even say more often than not. Right. Yeah. You know. It's because we just don't like the pain associated with it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and so much so that we look for the momentary pleasures, whatever your drug of choice provides to yeah, escape to that. Escape or, it. or thinking that 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 momentary pleasure is what happiness is, and it's not. Right. You know, the, the joy in life is finding the meaning in in accepting those hard things yeah. And, yeah. and willingly, willingly, and then dealing with them. Yeah, right. I, I mean, this last week, um, I actually went out to dinner with my, my daughter. Um, I, she hasn't been out since the divorce, really spent time with me since the divorce start happened. And um, we had dinner, and she asked some really tough questions. I mean, and I answered her honestly, but uh, we had a really good moment, you know, and afterwards, um, 
you know, the next day, you know, she went home, we hugged and she's, she, you know, she wants to see, you know, see me once a month moving forward and she's going to college and everything. But the next day, you know, she texts back just saying, I, I didn't realize how much I needed that until now. So mm-hmm. that, w- that was great. That's great. Yeah. Um, but I had to sit through the tough questions I had, you know, yeah. and answer them honestly and, you know, just be there for her to be able to do that. You know, and it wasn't easy, but it the reward from it w- was great. That's fantastic. So that's fantastic. So here's a question for you, uh, for our listeners. Um, in my estimation, anyway, that that there ought to be some key indicators that suggest that we're ruminating on something, that we're hung up on something. And that there's, in all likelihood, is the sort of the groundwork, if you will, the groundswell of acting out behavior. What then can our listeners, um, what should they be looking for? What do you suppose that would be? In my estimation, it's something along the lines of what am I complaining about? What am yeah. I emoting about? Right? What am I, when I come home to, when I find a listening ear, what do I share with somebody? my wife did this, or my kids are acting that way, or my boss did that, or whatever it is, those are the kinds of things that I share, and those are the things that, uh, and I work myself up with. And then, is that an honest response? Is that an honest response? And is it negative? Because is is it okay to say, wow, my kid was awesome at the the football game this last weekend, and that's just running through your head. And now, we are talking about grievances, so yeah, Yeah. but I don't think you'd find somebody, you know, ruminating over, my kid did such a great thing. Yeah, I just wanted to make that... It's clear truth, because though. you know there is a difference in that rumination. Because if it's positive, that's great, but it's negative when it starts dragging yeah. us down. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, do you ever recall something from the past, and you still get like really cringy? It's like, Ugh. oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Usually, you know, I, there have been a, a couple of things, a couple of things in my past that that happened when I was very young, that I remember just like there was an experience in grade school where where. Uh, uh, it, there's nothing to pay off in the story to really share the whole thing, but it was really embarrassing for me. And then for years and years and years, every time that that crossed my mind, and it would come up more than once, I would just shudder and cringe inside and then feel terrible about myself. Right, right. Okay? And I had to talk through that with my counselor, and then once I did, it went away. It went away, and it didn't bother me. So one thing that I would be looking for are, are those are there cringeworthy those thoughts, thoughts that yeah. keep coming back that just make you go ugh, and you want that's to turn away from them? Watch for those. Yeah, that's yeah. a great. No matter thought. how small. Yes. And yes. sometimes, sometimes all it takes is to just talk to somebody about that and articulate it. You know, and uh-huh. then they can say, "Man, come on, you were seven <laughs> years old. Let that one go. Yeah, let you cut yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. You know, but but you can carry that stuff." You really can. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a great idea. That's so watch thought. for those things. I think those are uh, those are all powerful moments. I think, uh, you know, what are the things that we come home with on a regular basis? Uh, chances are, you know, chances are a bad boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, countless people have a bad boss. We know what that feels like. Uh, chances are, it's not the bad boss. It's it may be something related to the fact that. You don't feel like that you're um, you're being utilized, or that you're being you know uh-huh. that you're having an opportunity like you think you should have, or whatever it is. And, and the bad boss is just the current thing, or it may be something that relates to the family, but the bad boss is just the thing that happened just today. Yeah. yeah. And so there are all kinds of opportunities to reevaluate 
that list of grievances mm -hmm. and see how that really does play in. And here's another way of looking at it. When was the last time you actually acted out? One of the best things that is uh, helpful that we went through all the time with our, with our groups was to, okay, if I just acted out, what's the 24 to 48 hours that happened before that? And I'll bet you this list of grievances had something to do with oh, that sure. period of time. Yeah. Well, and sometimes those could even go the last week or two. Perhaps. Depending yeah. on how. How long you're ruminating yeah. over it. <laughs> and how frustrating so, it's been. Yeah. So something to think about. Something definitely to think about. So I cut you off. Did you have another thought? No, I don't think I did. Daniel? No, I, I think we're good because we're out of time. Oh, wow. It's Where did the time, time go? Interestingly enough, How the Grinch Stole Christmas wraps up in a very interesting way. Um, the people don't seem to be all that affected by the fact that he stole their entire Christmas. They come out, still sing their songs and a few things like that. And he witnesses that, and his heart softens as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to be said about that in our own experience. Depending on how other people around us react, that can also be helpful mm -hmm. for us as well. Well, you might also point out that those people... They took life on life's terms and made the best of their they situation. You, you know what I mean? They so absolutely did. It's, it would be nice. I guess the whole town, at least in that respect, was healthy. <laughs> absolutely right. Well, with that, this has been a fun discussion. I hope that our listeners, uh, uh, I hope that there's some valuable information in that. So with that, this is Mike saying you can do, do the work necessary to find the peace that recovery can bring. <laughs> It's been a minute. Huh? It has been you a minute. Want, I, I will end with two thoughts. My first thought is, is uh, that big book of grudges, grudges, don't write a sequel. <laughs> That's a great thought. Do the next right thing. <laughs> well, if you do write a sequel, make it into a movie <laughs> with a creepy, creepy girl that comes out of the wall. Um, yeah, and this is Daniel, and I just don't remember what it is. My ending is. Do the next right thing. There we go. So it's always do the next right thing. Excellent. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or concerns, or have any suggestions for future episodes, please contact us at 12thsteppodcast at gmail.com. That is 1-2-T-H-STEPPODCAST at gmail.com. As a fellowship of recovering addicts, Sex Addicts Anonymous offers a message of hope to anyone who suffers from sex addiction. Check out saa-recovery.org.